Mark My Words shares Mark Homer's contrarian views on investing, business, finance, economics, and all things money. Mark interviews the world's most successful business, finance, and money experts, as well as imparting his knowledge in a factual, direct, and no-nonsense manner. Welcome to Mark My Words, and here is your host, Mark Homer. Okay, so it's the end of the year, and I'm going to do a Q&A on some of the videos that I've done. When a, a video goes up on YouTube, there are questions below or comments below, so I'm going to read some of them out, and I'm going to comment. Um, so somebody has said, Ellen has said, needs to be serious talk about the EPC rating effect on rents, etc. It's going to be a disastrous policy. Um, yes, I suspect over time, uh, a little bit like all the other legislation that the government's brought in for landlords and extra taxation, it's going to reduce the supply of uh, rental property, uh, which is going to push rents further um, and further. Uh, and uh, the government don't, don't seem to care. Um, I know they say there are these schemes to get properties upgraded. Um, I believe it when I see it. I watched Green Deal and the scheme before that. A uh, lot of hot air about nothing. Um, so yes, I suspect rents are going to go higher and higher as they uh, become more stringent on these EPCs. Try and get ahead of the EPC curve. Um, I know if you've got Victorian properties, it's going to cost you more, but there are exemptions. If it's going to cost you more than a certain amount or it's going to take a certain number of years or more to get the money back in energy savings from the money that you spend on the improving the EPC, um, then you can sometimes get an exemption. So if you just type into Google EPC exemption, uh, there'll be information on the gov.uk website um, on that. Uh, Andrew says, spot on, I'm getting £1,000 a month now for three beds in the South Wales Valleys. £500 10 years ago. This just sounds very similar to here, Andrew. Government has screwed tenants. Yes, that's exactly what they've done. Um, Alistair says, hello, great channel and advice. I'm having trouble with a tenant not paying in a HMO. I know a song about that, Alistair. Um, am I able to issue a Section 8 without having a signed tenancy agreement from the tenant? Um, honestly, I don't know. Um, I would get a, um, a specialist um, solicitor to deal with it. Uh, we usually use Buckles in Peterborough. Uh, name is Julie. Um, uh, and uh, I can't remember her surname, but they, um, they usually um, make the application to the court for us. There's usually a way of evicting, even if there's no tenancy agreement, you know, you, you, it might take longer, there might be more hoops, but um, you, they're not going to be stuck in there, I don't think. Um, so Stevie, Stevie says, hello, Mark, nice video. Point of interest, you kept referring to 5% rent increase using section 13. Yeah, that's true. 5%, I think, is what our local fair rent officer uh, tries to tell us um, that we shouldn't be increasing the rents more than um, but um, the reality is I don't think there is a, a sort of um, hard top line increase. Uh, I think it needs to be uh, market rate uh, and then she, uh, there's probably not a lot, as long as we supply comparables to her, there's not a lot she can sort of argue with there. As long as you stay, uh, it, it, make your rent, rent increases up to market, market rate. Um, what are your thoughts on conservative approach of starting from an estimated post-construction GDV and peeling back 
the required equity in the project, say 25% minimum on holding costs, financing costs, required cash on cash return on any money left over in your deals, net cash flows, refinancing, ratios. Most investors, I think, may not be so bold as to take on such a massive project. Um, so yeah, I mean, generally, I'll insist on 30% net profit on a project, and that's after all the costs have gone in, which would be the purchase price of the building or the land, um, the construction costs, all of the uh, other costs, um, you know, professionals, bank interest, everything, all in the pot, I probably want at least 30% profit on GDV. Um, what else we got? Lots of comments here about Mr. Farage. Well, Nigel Farage is um, very entertaining, very interesting, knows a hell of a lot of stuff, um, uh, you know, about what's going on at the moment. Um, I do think he sort of jumps onto an issue and then stirs the pot. Um, sometimes regardless of, you know, what his sort of personal views are, I think he finds a nub of contention and then really sort of works it um, to sort of, to gain, um, gain traction and, 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 and probably gain views on YouTube and, and, and gain relevance. Um, but yeah, I suppose most politicians and, and, and most sort of media personalities do the same to some extent. I just think he's particularly good at it. Um, but yeah, I, um, my understanding is that the Reform Party has got 5% um, sort of backing in the polls. Um, so if there's an election tomorrow, 5% of people say they would vote for them. I think the Conservatives are only on sort of low 20s. Uh, and I, I understand that Nigel is the honorary chairman uh, with Richard Tice running the party. So uh, he's obviously got significant support in this country. Uh, I didn't ag agree with Brexit. Uh, I thought it was uh, the wrong thing. It's proven to be uh, a disaster as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, how can it be a good idea to shut down uh, or, or to impede your trading relationship with your closest um, sort of trade partners, i.e. Europe? Um, you know, I, I, most of the rest of it, you know, all the immigration stuff, I always knew it was going to be nonsense. You know, the, Boris has, has, has opened the doors anyway, he's done deals with India and there's even more immigration now from non-EU countries than there was before. Um, so that solved nothing for the people that wanted to reduce immigration. Um, and um, yeah, economically in terms of trade and lots of other things, I think it's been very negative. I think Boris um, campaigned on that issue, whether he really believed in it or not, who knows, probably not. Uh, he probably doesn't even know what he believes in. Um, and uh, he used it, uh, he knew lots of people were sort of pretty annoyed by uh, what was going on with the EU. Uh, he campaigned on it, wound it up and, and gained prominence and, and ultimately probably became prime minister through it. Um, promised lots of things, told lots of lies, uh, and now we're left picking up the pieces. And, and this Brexit dividend, uh, is it here? No, it definitely isn't. Um, so yeah, I think it was just absolute folly. Uh, and Farage jumped on that bandwagon as well, uh, although I think he probably does did believe in it and sort of says, oh, the politicians haven't implemented it properly and they need to get on and sort it, which they do. Uh, but I suspect lots of it is insoluble because the EU uh, is only going to let us into the single market if we have free movement of people. And um, lots of the population don't want that, even though immigration is now higher than it was when we we're in the EU. So go figure. Uh, right. Uh, I think Nigel, uh, when we first met him, did the podcast, did the interview with him, 
um, surprised, surprised me in some ways in, in, I mean, I knew he was a good speaker and I knew he was very good with people and, and sort of listening to their concerns and engaging with them. But, you know, even privately off camera, he is a complete pro at that stuff. I suppose he practiced 20 years in the uh, European Parliament and in politics. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a complete pro at, at um, sort of dealing with people, getting them on board. And, and as a speaker, we've had him speak at a few events and uh, he's very, very good. So my podcast with Nigel Farage um, was my most watched podcast. I think it was 180,000 views on, or almost 200,000 views on, on YouTube. Uh, and I think lots and lots of people wanted to watch that, clearly because he was on it. Um, and I think a lot of the stuff which he sort of clamps onto, you know, bones of contention and, and things that are winding people up, I think he's very, very good at, at, at sort of, getting in there and, 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 and stirring the pot. Um, you know, and he, he's responding to, you know, he's, he's talking about energy. I watch him on GB News. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, it's called Farage at seven o'clock on GB News. Um, you know, and he, he's talking about energy. He has loads of experts on, um, talking about how sort of net zero and a lot of these targets have, have been nonsense and how the transition to, you know, having clean energy has not been managed very well. Uh, we haven't built enough nuclear power stations. Um, He's obviously often going off in boats into the English Channel, filming migrants coming in, throwing their mobile phones overboard. Not sure how productive that is, but then he goes to the sort of hotels and sees them checking into local towns and cities, which is obviously annoying people a lot. So I think lots of people sort of watch him because of that. I think lots of people would love to see him as prime minister. Um, And, um, you know, he he sort of holds himself out as the forgotten majority. Um, And... um, I think to some extent, maybe that's true. Um, it's quite interesting and, um, and uh, you know, quite important that there's somebody there um, sort of going up against the, the wokists and the, the virtue signalers. This uh, person here, the Wicked Witch of the West, says, buy to let is basically pointless now. Well, I don't agree with that. Uh, I think there are lots of properties which are uh, cheaper and going to be even cheaper shortly. Yields are obviously rising because rents are going up and... and Property purchases, price, the prices of properties that you will purchase is going down. Um, so I think in the medium to long term, the purchases you make over the next uh, few years will be much better than those that you made in, say, 2021 and, and maybe the first half of 22. Um, so, um, yeah, I, and, and what else are you supposed to do with some equity you have in your residential property? Um, well, you know, having it in your residential property and offsetting um, mortgage interest rates of 5% is not a bad start. Um, but, you know, if you have got cash, um, I would also invest in tracker funds. Uh, Vanguard is very good. Um, you know, it'll go into equities uh, and just be spread, uh, not into active funds, but into sort of low cost trackers. I think that is a very good home um, for your money. Hargreaves Lansdowne sell trackers like that as well. Just sort of take them out within your ISA. Leslie says, if you're selling your home now or soon, good luck getting a mug to buy it, although plenty of them are out there. Okay, Leslie. Um, Phil says, cheap money could never last. That is government, property or personal debt, massive changes coming. Property is now a dead asset class. Well, cheap money could never last. I think that's true. I think interest rates are going to be permanently higher. Property or personal that, uh, debt, m- massive changes are coming. Yes, also true. Property is now a dead asset class. Completely disagree. Uh, I think uh, it is rebalancing. 
uh, I think you'll get properties cheaper, yields will be higher, uh, and uh, it will be, uh, over the medium to long term, a great investment, as it always has been. Uh, Connor says, 20% plus drop, yippee! Um, he's probably right. I think property prices probably are dropping by that sort of level. Um, Jimmy Davis says 35% fall minimum in 2023. Uh, I think you're going to be disappointed, Jimmy. Um, it's possible, but I think it's unlikely. Uh, but one thing to say about all of these predictions is that predictions, uh, when it comes to economics, interest rates, property prices, rent prices, uh, and inflation are usually wrong. And the reason they're usually wrong is that everything doesn't remain the same. So everything I've just said is predicated on things remaining as they are. But of course, shocks come along like Brexit, like a pandemic, um, like uh, a war in Ukraine that you couldn't predict that changes interest rates, that changes oil prices, that changes gas prices, um, that moves uh, the demand for commodities in a certain direction, and then that twists and moves everything else. So, you know, barring other major changes, Boris spending 500 billion through a pandemic, um, my prediction should come true. Uh, but of course, I've no idea. Uh, I don't know the, um, you don't, the, the, there are the known knowns and the known unknowns. Uh, and I don't know what I don't know. Um, so therefore, you have to take all predictions with a pinch of salt. That has been Mark Homer for my five property and economic predictions for 2023.